Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. Today's Something to Talk About was actually recorded on our phone conversation between Rich and I, so I apologize in advance for the sounds coming from my home uh, with my dogs and my baby. But uh, we're talking about uh, Jesus as our foundation and the teachings of Jesus as our foundation. And before I start singing a bunch of songs that are related to that, I'll just intro into the conversation here. Here we go. Thanks for taking time to chat. <laughs> I'm at home today, so if you hear any uh, child noises, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm at the church, so hopefully the signal stays strong and everything works out well. And there are no random child noises there. <laughs> there are none here. <laughs> you might hear dogs barking too, just whatever. <laughs> it's real life. Also man. not at the church. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, we're having to do this a little bit differently today. Um, my schedule was kind of crazy this week, so... Uh, hopefully that doesn't disrupt things too much, but, um, I guess let's just dive in, um, to, you know, going off what you talked about the other day. Um, if people haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen. But, um, if you want to give a little summary of, of what that is, maybe to get started. Sure. Yeah. We're, we were looking at, um, Christ's words in Luke six verses 43 to 49 and, uh, it's still part of the same sermon that uh, we've been looking at uh, with a few breaks here and there because of some special things that we had going on. But as we've been uh, walking through this, Jesus has been uh, really late. It's the first time in the book of Luke that we're actually seeing his, his actual teaching itself. So the other times that he's preached or whatever, um, he's talking uh, about either specific situations or about himself and affirming himself as Messiah here. But now in this sermon, uh, he's laying down what it, what it actually looks like, what it means to follow him mm-hmm. and talks about the blessings and the woes uh, that basically this is all kind of an upside down uh, world that we're, that we're looking at so that you're blessed when are bad and you're actually in rough shape when, your life is smooth and easy because that's as good as it's going to get for you. Um, we should consider persecution something to celebrate because that's how um, the prophets of old were treated. And we should consider uh, popularity and uh, a good reputation, all those sorts of things uh, as, uh, uh, as something to be concerned about sure. uh, or at least not to revel in uh, because that's how the false prophets were treated. And so then he goes on to talk about, loving our enemies, um, forgiving those who treat us badly, uh, making sure that, that our perspective, our, our view is right in that uh, we're not following blind guides or, uh, like the Pharisees or false teachers. Uh, also in making sure that we are keeping our own eyes clear before we try to help our, our friends and brothers with their eyes. And then he goes into this, this last portion of the sermon talking about a good tree bearing good fruit and a bad tree bearing bad fruit and uh, a person bringing up good or evil from the things that are stored up in their heart. Hi, George. (laughs) He's got a lot to say. And um, so then he continues right from that, which kind of almost stands alone, but, but it doesn't, I mean, it, it, it would stand alone, but he doesn't intend for it to stand alone. It leads right into this, um, sort of a confrontational statement of, you know, why do you call me Lord 
if you're not going to obey, if you're not going to do what I say, then you're saying Lord with your lips, but I'm not actually your Lord. You're not, you're not submitting to that authority. You're not doing what the Lord says to do. So uh, then he gives this parable of the wise and foolish builders that we see it paralleled in Matthew 7. Um, when he says, whoever comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, that's like someone who builds a house and digs down deep and lays a, a, a solid foundation on rock. And when the floods come, the, the torrent strikes the house, you can't shake the house because it's well built on this solid foundation. Mm-hmm. But then there's the person who hears the words of Christ and doesn't put them into practice. So this isn't the, the unbeliever out there who's never heard the word, never heard the gospel. This is the person maybe sitting in church, maybe growing up in America where we're surrounded by Christianized things, even if it's conscious for us. We've heard the words. We know that, uh, you know, we've heard things in the other cheek and, and, and so on. And we believe in God. I'm using my little air quote. Nobody can see audio. But, uh, you know, we, we believe in God, but we don't surrender. We don't submit to God. He says the person who does those things, who's religious, who hears this, but doesn't actually practice what I teach, is like a person who builds a house on the ground, but doesn't put a foundation under the house. So you've built this life, but there's nothing to stabilize it. So the moment the torrent strikes that house, it collapses, and, and the destruction of that house then is complete. Um, kind of a, 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 a picture of what it's like to have words rather than action. So it kind of all rolls together, this idea of identifying a tree by its fruit, and, and then also we recognize that there's a foundation beneath that is stronger and, and better and lasting as opposed to the foundation that uh, that either is non-existent at all or is just, you know, I, I've got the words, I've memorized the verses, I've, uh, you know, I've listened to the songs, I've, I, I listen to worship music on my iPod and, and stuff like that. But uh, as I'm doing this, I'm not practicing those things. So there's a huge difference between actually building uh, with with the building materials or just gathering and staging those materials. So I've got them gathered, but I'm not using them. But that's kind of dumb. <laughs> I mean, if you... Right. Well, I mean, we, and I, I totally get what you're saying. And of course, you know, I, I get the whole thing. But when you look at it, you know, on paper and you say, I have all of this, I have the right stuff in front of me and I'm doing kind of a dumb thing. Right. I mean, and we and yet that's it. what the majority of us do. Right. Most exactly. people either ignore it altogether. Right. You know, I, I don't care about spiritual things. I don't. You know, I'm not recognizing God's authority or so on. But what he seems to be talking about in this foundation issue is largely the religious folks who have received the word uh, in in that setting in particular, talking about the Jewish folks or even. Uh, by this time, folks who perhaps have come around and said, hey, you know what, I really am digging, you know, what Jesus is doing. I like the healing. I like the message that he's got. But, you know, I'm still not willing to forgive those who have hurt me. And that's, you know, in the context, that's specifically what he's talking about. If you are blaming Christ and yet you're harboring bitterness or anger toward your enemy, not not toward 
just people, you know, we can all look at unjust anger and unjust bitterness <laughs> and recognize, okay, only bad people do that. But most of us also could look at the things that have been done to us in life uh, and say, well, you know, this person's really been harmed. They've been mistreated. So they're justified in holding on to their anger and not uh, forgiving, not treating that person well or whatever. We can justify that. We recognize and rationalize it. Uh, but Jesus is saying, no, that's not my way. If you're doing it that way, then you really don't have any part of me. You're you're doing this according to a worldly kind of thing, which kind of goes back to his tree and fruit. There's a, there is an identification uh, from the quality of the fruit, good versus bad. You know, if you have good in your life or evil in your life, but there's also, uh, he also mess, 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 let me try this again. He mentions words are hard. Yeah, right. He, he mentioned the idea that it's not just good fruit or bad fruit, but people don't get fig tree, fig, figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars it's the kind of fruit as well as the quality of fruit so it's not just the good or evil when i do what seems to be good things but i'm doing it from a worldly source you know oranges are good but they don't grow on apple trees apples are good they don't grow on orange trees so if i do things that are you know that are leading to a solid respectable life i you know i hold on a job, I treat people well, and so on and so forth. But I do it with a human rationalization and a good motive, so to speak, in that way. Um, and yet all of my, uh, all my stuff is coming from the flesh rather than coming from, um, rather than coming from the heart of Christ in me, then the kind of fruit is rooted in the flesh and the carnal and the worldly as opposed to being rooted in the spiritual and in Christ's teaching. So there's a difference in kind as well. Right. So and, we gotta we gotta watch those things. And to clarify, Jesus in this in this section is talking specifically I, correct me if I'm wrong, talking spe- specifically words are hard for me too to <laughs> to his followers, correct? Not not the rest of the world. Because there can right, be, primarily. There can be, I mean, the, there can be wonderful people out there who do great things and they don't follow Jesus. So he's specifically right. talking to his followers here. So they may. So these wonderful people doing wonderful things uh, are, you know, orange trees, not apple trees. Right. To, to follow the illustration. So it's not that the quality is from our perception a bad fruit but it's a different kind of fruit, gotcha. which, you know, if you're, if the definition of good or bad is whether we are doing God's thing or our thing, right. well then all of that becomes bad fruit. But to follow the, the picture, if I'm feeding the poor and, and we can see a lot of philanthropy in Hollywood and, and right. you know, you go to Washington and there are lots of people who uh, through their politics uh, think they're helping the world, but they're doing things that are not what God wants us to do. Uh, that then we've missed the boat, even though it looks like good fruit. So that same thing happens in religious circles. You have church people who get together and they all, you know, look the part and act the part and they learn good social skills and they're polite and, you know, yada, yada, all these things that, uh, that seem to be really good. And yet it's not what he's describing here. So yes, he's, he's talking 
primarily to his own followers, his disciples, because that's who's gathered together here. And yet earlier in the chapter, it points out that it's it's not just those who have been following him, but people from throughout the region coming to listen because the word's getting out there. So you've got some who are already uh, Christ followers, some who are coming, uh, following the crowd, so to speak, coming to check it out. Mm -hmm. uh, um, But they're they're not all in yet. And then he's got the okay. 12 apostles who are there, who are, they're, you know, sort of the, 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 you know, apostle means special messenger. So they're sort of uh, in this group um, or, or high level apprentices, I guess, is maybe a better picture. Uh, and probably also has uh, those with nefarious intent, the, the religious leaders who are there to trap him, to, to trip yeah. him up. Um, and I say that not because they're mentioned here, but only because they seem to always show up in these settings. <laughs> when Jesus has a, a meeting there. They or nothing you know, better to do. Yeah, one way, or, uh, one way or another, they're around. They're using their ninja skills to, to you know, get in on this. They're very uh, sneaky. I, they probably didn't have any ninja skills, but you get what I'm saying. So they're, they're all here. So while he's talking primarily to his disciples and his followers, it's a group that could include any number of people. So it's a oh. lot like Sunday morning when we're at church. You know, we're speaking primarily to the church, to those who are believers in Christ. But we know every time we gather a crowd of any of any significant size, um, you're going to have folks who are there who think they're believers and are not, which right. is also what Jesus is pointing out here. You, you're going to recognize by your fruit. You, you know, there are people who might think they're believers because they can say the words. They can say, Lord, Lord, you know, but they're doing what he's not a believer. You might think you are, you might talk about being it, but if you're, if your life doesn't look like my life, doesn't look like the teachings that we're talking about, then the destruction that comes in the storms of life is complete. You can't handle it because right. you're not actually a part of me. Right. And gosh, it's kind of crazy. You know, I know we tend to compare you know, stuff directly from the word to what's happening today. I get that is the whole point of this, but <laughs> it's crazy how sometimes exactly the same it is, you know, from, from then to today. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's why it's so important for us to connect the reality of God to the realities of life. We're going right. through stuff every single day. And while this isn't written by Luke specifically for us, Luke mm -hmm. is writing it for his friend Theophilus, for the church at that time, with the intent of it being read among the churches. But God is writing through Luke for us. And so as right. we're seeing what they're going through, the, the details might be different. We're not, you know, standing in the holy lands in sandals and, and uh, you know, I don't, I've shaved my beard, so, I, you know, I don't, you know, have that same kind of dynamic. We're not in an agrarian society. All of these things, these details are different. The majority right. of us here in the American church are not of Jewish descent. However, the principles don't really ever change. All of the things that he's talking about here are still what Christ intends, even demands, for, for all of us who follow him. And when I say for all of us who follow him, it's really what's demanded of everyone. Right. Uh, but if you're outside, you know, what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. But if you're outside the family, I don't have the same expectations of the kid on the street as I do of my own children. And right. so when he talks to his followers, that's yes, 
you are outside of what is right if you're not living for Christ. But because you're not part of the family, um, I'm not really talking to you. you know, <laughs> once, once you get in, then we can talk about how, how yeah, you Yeah, it doesn't mean you should, family. you know, ignore them. <laughs> no, no. But if you do all of these things, then that doesn't make you God's no. child. It doesn't make you part of the family. And, you know, again, going back to the identification of the tree by the fruit, the fruit doesn't make the tree what it is. It right. identifies what the tree is. So right. if I go and I take a bunch of apples and I hang them on a tree, it's not an apple tree. <laughs> and that's kind of what it's like if... if it's art. Folks, <laughs> <laughs> well, if we're, not, if we're not in Christ, if we're not in union with him by being born right. again, trusting in, in, our, uh, in the work of Christ for our salvation, by his grace alone, through taking hold of it by our faith alone, according to the word of God alone, for the glory of God alone. So if we're not doing that, then all of our good deeds, all of our best efforts are like hanging apples on a tree and pretending it's an apple tree. It, right. It's not, it doesn't, it can't possibly make that tree one thing or another. But when those fruit grow from that tree, it identifies what's already inside the tree. So, you know, so you sent me a text message uh, yesterday, um, kind of about, you know, what you're going to be covering in the sermon this week. And one thing that one little line that stuck out to me, and we, I mean, I've heard you say this before, we've talked about it before, is essentially what you put in comes out. And, right. Yeah, that's that's what Jesus is saying here, too. Right. So I guess my question is real quick here. Um the, it's kind of it can, it can be difficult sometimes to differentiate the people who, you know, maybe they do go to church every week and they do know all the word and they do they fill themselves with the teachings of Jesus. Yeah. But something else comes out. <laughs> so that's always, you know, that's always kind of confused me. And I realize, you know, we can all go through the motions of things. But if you're really filling yourself with all that. Right. You know, how how is garbage coming out? Well, that's where in the second paragraph here, when he talks about the foundation, that's really what he's talking about. So he's made this point that, you know, you're recognized by your fruit. It doesn't make you what you are, but it identifies what you are. So then he talks about this idea. I call it the well concept. It's like dipping a bucket down in the well. If there's good water in the well, that's what's going to come up in my bucket. If there's right. no water in the well, I'm going to get an empty bucket. If there's mud and polluted water, that's what I'm going to get. Okay. So Jesus says a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Then he goes directly into this thought. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. So he's, he's saying, look, if, if you are not practicing these things, if you're saying this, if you're you know, hearing my words and you're learning the scriptures and it's not changing you, then you're not like a person who digs down deep and and lays a foundation on rock instead you're like a person who's gathered all the materials so you've got the the concrete blocks you've got the more you've got all these things for your foundation but you're not right. building it. you're not digging down deep so you've got it in you 
But if you're not surrendered to Christ, then you don't have that foundation. You just got a bunch of building materials laying around doing nothing. So and, no, go ahead. And there's value to that to a certain extent. So that's why it's crucial for us as parents to fill our children with the things of God so that when they come to a place where they are born again in Christ, they have the building materials there. And you and I have a mutual friend uh, who hopefully will hear this podcast and say, hey, you're talking about me again. Um, but <laughs> the mutual friend that I've used as an example many times in the church uh, who grew up in church, memorized the verses, learned all the Sunday school lessons, had the theology somewhere in there, but wasn't saved. And then right. as an adult, uh, gave themselves to Christ. And all of a sudden, all of the building materials that were already gathered coalesced into the real foundation that mattered. Prior to that, when floods came, the house got shaken. Right. But and I think that's the same saved, for a lot of that us. changed everything. Right. Well, and that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Look, you need to go to the next level. It's not enough to gather up materials. It's not church on Sunday, listen to a podcast, get in a Bible study. If you're not putting it into practice, you're not building a foundation. You have to actually do something with this knowledge. Or you, in another place, he says, you have no part of me. You, right. you, you know, you say, Lord, Lord, many are going to call to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, I must say, depart from me. I never knew you. You've got the building materials, but you didn't build the foundation. Therefore, when the storms of life come or when the floodwaters of judgment comes, you can't stand because you haven't built on the foundation. You've just built a life. You haven't built a house that's ready to stand. So many songs come to mind. <laughs> well, good songs, I'm sure. There are a lot right. of songs that, that should come out of it. Absolutely. Hopefully we'll do some of those on Sunday. I hope so. Um, so... Gosh, I feel like there's so much more to talk about, but the but the the basis here, <laughs> the foundation here is that we need a firm foundation. <laughs> well, well played. <laughs> so, and not just a foundation, but the right, only the foundation, foundation that will stand—the foundation of Christ. And that's why I love the hymn, "How firm a foundation you stand to the Lord is is laid for your faith in His excellent Word." If we don't get a hold of God's Word. If we're laying our foundation on what we speculate about God, on theology that we've put together, not biblical theology, but a, a form of systematic theology that, that fits our conceptions of God. You know, the whole thing of, well, I believe God's this way. I think God would do right. that. The God I believe in wouldn't do that. That's irrelevant. None of that matters. What matters is what does the word say? Right. And then when we get a hold of the word of God and that word of God in us renews our minds so that the spirit transforms us, Romans 12, 2, then that's when we see a foundation that matters. The foundation laid by Christ in his excellent word for us. It's like hardcore three little pigs, <laughs> you know, what, like you're <laughs> what you're building on and you can't get blown over. I don't know. I like to insert that, random analogies where I can. That's a really good thing. You may find that show up in the sermon on Sunday. It's nice. Yes. All right. Well, with that, while I'm ahead, I'm going to let you go. Um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for putting up with my child and my dogs. Um, we'll hopefully be back to normal next week. But, um, yeah. Shout out to George, the... Lorelai, and Oliver. Yes, my, my trio. Um, so, yeah, be sure to listen in on Sunday for, for more about this. And listen for that Three Little Pigs story. <laughs> No All right, promises, but there's a very yeah. good chance. <laughs> okay. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.